Blog Talk Radio.
And you're right, persistence does pay. We did uh, remember Tracy saying something about that last week that it is kind of like um, how a water can actually go through a rock if it just kind of keeps that steady drip. And that persistence does indeed, it, it can change a rock. You know, it can change something that we think. So, and I like that. You know, friendships take a lot of effort sometimes, don't they, to maintain? Friendships. Friendships. You talked about your friends, yeah. Fort Worth. Yeah, um, that's interesting you say that because uh, for whatever reason I'm in this mindset of you know, positive versus negative, you know, work versus play or effort. Um, I, I guess that is true, but effort can seem like work or or not. Um, I never really think of my efforts with this particular friend in this particular example. As, as it being worked, uh, you know, but as worked in a negative way, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's an effort that's that's a joy. <laughs> there you go. See now, Dan, that's why I like you because you do you you can take you uh, pick up on those subtle turns of phrases, and I think that's so important. And we talk a lot about on this show the importance of being in community and being with people that are, you know, on a spiritual path and saying yes to spirit and, and working some sort of daily practice, daily spiritual program in their own lives and how important it is to encourage each other on, on the way and to share with each other and give each other feedback. And uh, I love that. That's a good reminder for me. Yes, it is definitely um, the terms that we use and and using the word work certainly has a negative tone to it. So I'm going to say that it's an effort, but it's a joy. I like that. I'm going to I'm going to use that later than I, like I thought of it. So I'll tell you what. Another way to look at the work thing is <laughs> when you don't have it, all of a sudden you want it. <laughs> wow, yeah. In, in today's economy, so <laughs> that'll that'll change your perspective on it too as well. I love what you shared, by the way. Just a quick input here about spiritual community. As you mentioned earlier, that we know each other through CSL, and CSL, for anyone who doesn't know, that might be listening, is stands for the Center for Spiritual Living, um, and, um, and spiritual community is, is to me, been the biggest key to um, this. Um, you know, as I listen to you talk about me, and and you know whatever. Um, perspective you have on my attitudes, you know, I am very, very much <clears throat> aware of the fact that they have not always been this way. <laughs> not, not always, you know, you, you don't you don't really notice things about yourself until people point them out to you, you know. Um, but no, there was a, a point in time when, when my first um, attitude or my automatic pilot or default program, whatever you want to call it, it was not to see the the positive. You know, it was quite the opposite, actually. So, and, and the biggest um, contributing factor to, to that has been this spiritual path that you know I've been on for some time. And and the the key ingredient to spiritual path, I, I do believe, is spiritual community. Yeah, I think that is so so key. And. Um you know, it's interesting that you say how you used to be in the world, how you came about coming to who you are now. And, of course, I just have known you for several months. So so my experience of you is, is this. And um, and it is always interesting. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about 
the other one, right, right, right. But it's interesting to me to hear people talk about, you know, their journey, and and I think it's important to talk about because a lot of times you show up like this now, and I think, man, he's always had it together. He's always had the ability to kind of see the nuances in life and look at the positive tones. And, you know, I always say you give the best hugs, you know, to give that energetic, powerfully good, you know, your loving hug. And um, to hear that, you know, you haven't, you didn't come into the world that way, you know, that you've worked at it and then it's taken some, some effort, some joyful effort and some daily practice, I think is important to remind each other that um, that it does, it is a journey and it, and it is what are we committed to and how do we actually uh, take action to manifest what we want versus what we maybe see showing up in our life? Well, you touched base on a couple of things that really um, hit home with me. First thing is is the hugging. Yeah. <laughs> I I am a I am a I took pride in my hugging. I'm I'm a real um, believer in in hugging as a whole nother language. Very seriously considered writing a book on it. Tracy and I have joked about that quite a bit, and as it turns out, people have written books like that. Um, and, and I think I may have very well been born a hugger, as far as that goes. Um, you know, without knowing, I, I've always, you know, had that um, type or whatever you want to call it, way of expressing myself when it comes to hugging. You know, some some people. Uh, are are just not comfortable with you know bear hugs <laughs> or or whatever, and that has always always been the case for me <laughs> as far as that goes. So no, I think that's a a a state of being, a way of expressing a state of being that is spirit. You know, I, I personally believe, without going off on this too much, that we're all spiritual beings having a human experience. And that our natural states of being, our real states of being, are of spirit. You know, love, joy, peace. Um, and, you know, when we get our our little self out of the way, uh, I call it ego, but um, that's actually not, not correct. It's the false self. You know, the ego I'm referring to is the unhealthy ego. I've heard there is such a thing as a healthy ego. I don't know much about it. Um, <laughs> and I do know that ego is necessary for us humans to function. But, you know, when I refer to ego, and I do refer to ego as um, this unhealthy ego, as the worst known disease to, to man, and I believe it is, always has been, and always will be. But what I'm really referring to is the false self versus the real self. And, you know, when when... We're, I, I can only speak from my own experiences, but you know, on this spiritual path, um, you know, you 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 connect with your real self. It's not that your real self isn't always there; it's always there, but we block it off with this ego or false self. And you know, but the real self is always there, and those spiritual states of being are are always there. Love, joy, peace. And I don't mean to, you know take the show in another direction or anything. Oh, yeah, no. but, gee, that is what freedom is, though. <laughs> so, anyways, I'll just shut up for a second here and let you talk. No, no, no. In fact, you know, when you talk about the real self is always there, I think that's a perfect lead-in to the concept of freedom and um, yep. the idea that we are free to, I believe, choose. You know, at some point in our lives, I think, um, I think there is a process to some extent there might be 
an argument to say that at some point in our beginning of our spiritual maturity, we don't have a choice because we don't know we have a choice. And, and so that's another reason I think it's so important to have shows like this and friends like you and uh, organizations like Center for Spiritual Living and for people like you and me and people, uh, those of us who are living a daily spiritual program to be very vocal about it, to let people know, hey, you do have a choice. Because I think at first, if you don't know you have a choice, you're really stuck. And then once you kind of know you have a choice, then it opens up that doorway to freedom. And then you're kind of like at a point of that point where you where the choice is, you know, you'd rather not know you have a choice. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, now I know I have a choice. Well, I liked it better before I knew I had a choice. And so the freedom to then choose to um, live, come from, uh, express our true self, the the joy, the love that you talk about, I think then then we really do have freedom. Does that does that make sense? Does that it makes it makes a lot of sense. I'll go so far as to say, and this is just just me, <clears throat> but we not only um, have the ability to make a choice, um, and, and I agree that they're they're probably it's not necessarily an easy choice to make at at any time. But I do believe, you know, because of our what I call socialization process, you know, I'm a man and men are you know, brought up to be macho and all that. Um, and and to turn to spirit or God or whatever terminology you want to use, you know, can, can actually be perceived as being weak, you know, um, surrendering and that sort of thing. But the truth of the matter is, anyone and everyone, I believe, has um, the, the, the opportunity to make a choice in any given moment, easier said than done, granted, but any given moment um, by just, um, you know, internally through your thoughts, you know, uh, uh, wanting to uh, free yourself of this, this false self, you know, wanting to, to, um, you know, make that choice, you've already made the choice. Now, that doesn't mean everything's going to change instantaneously in your life, but actually everything in your life is changing. <laughs> it has begun the change process. Now, that's hindsight talking, okay? I, I, I've, you know, been, been stumbling along this path for some time now, and uh, so in hindsight, I can see that that was the case, but, you know, that was not anything I knew. I love the way you said you don't know it. You don't know you have that ability to make that choice. Well, that, that's exactly what it is. I wish I wish someone had, I wish you'd had this show like, you know, a decade ago. <laughs> you know, it, that is such a, a good point you make that, um, that, you know, you've been doing this, walking this path for a while, and that... Stumbling. <laughs> stumbling, falling down, getting up. But that the um, that the actual change started the moment that you kind of made the internal thought, because I think so. So many times we want that external manifestation to to have proof that you know, okay, now everything's different. But but the change I think is so incremental. But I do I love the idea that once my mind starts to open up things are starting to change whether I can see it or not and I guess that's somewhat of a definition of faith that that I 
once I start changing my thoughts, you know, I am planting a seed that is destined to change my reality, you know, in time. Um, just from a perspective standpoint, Dan, do you mind sharing how long you've been on this journey? Has it been a year, 10 years, 20 years? So people kind of have a sense of how long you've been in, in a, aware of your freedom and making daily choices that are encouraging the, the God self? That's actually an interesting question because I don't know that I have an exact answer. I've actually had that thought go through my my head here, um, and I think it probably um, started back when I had the two words that came to mind while you were talking were willingness and desire to change, um, to change my life and to, to change me. Somehow I subconsciously knew to change my life. I had to change me, you know. <laughs> or my, my way of being, I guess, might be a good way to put that. Um, and and that happened probably back in that that point of willingness or desire to change, probably happened way back in uh, the early 90s when I was in a relationship that, you know, I mean, we loved each other, but, you know, we just couldn't figure out how to, how to make it work, you know? So we went to couples counseling, that, that whole thing. Well, in couples counseling, this was actually in 1993, in couples counseling, without going through a whole long story, <clears throat> it turned out that couples counseling was too little too late. But um, I did get introduced to this this uh, concept called addiction. I'd heard something about that. And and so slowly but surely um you know, got into to recovery and uh and and you know, that was the beginning of of um, this this change, a spiritual path. Now did I was I involved in a spiritual community that I you know, have overnight changes, did any of this happen? No, no, it was a big recovery was a, was a is, but in particular in the early years was a long drug dump deal. However, I do credit it as the, the change of direction that eventually I found my way to, uh, um, Unity Church of Dallas and the Center for Spiritual Living in Dallas and, and, uh, I've, I've been a participant in those two communities for, um, I uh, started off with Unity and <clears throat> I guess around seven, seven years ago, something like that. So, I would, yeah, I'd say around uh, seven years ago, I, was, I started reading this book um, <laughs> by Deepak Chopra called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And I was reading it for all the wrong reasons. You know, I, was, I just wanted some success. <laughs> Right, and that way usually draws people to it. Right? <laughs> uh, and ironically, ironically, um, just for entertainment purposes, I'll throw this in here. I, 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 the, the, I got the book from my ex-wife's husband's stepmother. <laughs> there you go. There's the universe working. There is exactly. That was my whole point right there. There's the universe working. Exactly right. Of all the strangest things. Now, my ex-wife and I and and her husband and even his family and her family and my family, we're all still great friends, and that people find that to be very 
strange, but it really is a great, 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 great thing. Um, it didn't, you know, it wasn't that way initially. It took some time for for um, her and I to, you know, come full circle. But it really is the way, you know, I think in a perfect world, everyone would be, you know. So, anyways, that 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 was a great turning point in my life. So there was an answer that I don't even know if it answered your question. It did, and I think it brought out two or three different things that I think are so key is that your path toward freedom um, was born out of some difficulty. Um, you know, a situation oh, yeah. in your life that maybe you look back and think, gosh, it would have been okay to not have to have gone through that. But looking at it now, as you said, with perspective or hindsight, you can see the 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 now joy and love and light that came out of that dark time and um and I think that's one of the most powerful messages and, and the most important things that I have to remind myself when I'm in that dark time now externally when life is not going the way I think I want it to go to have that perspective in real time that absolutely this is going to lead to something good and then also in your story yes. thing, 93, I think that is so important to point out to, to folks that, you know, this journey, A, is hopefully never ending. You know, it continues on and on and on. But mm-hmm. journey towards freedom and being freer every day and, and having more peace in our day really does take time to to grow and to, to, to manifest. And, and it is um, it is worth Am I putting words in your mouth to say it's worth the uh, the process? I mean, I mean, is is your the the freedom of your life today and the joy or the excitement that that certainly you project out to the world that I get off of you energetically? Um, you know, would you say that the journey is is um, are you grateful for the journey now? I hear people. I um, have been in Al-Anon for about 28 years. I did a talk actually Saturday to a group of people and it was funny afterwards a gal came up and said are you a friend of Bill W which is kind of a cue people use in 12 step programs if you're a recovering alcoholic and I said no I'm a friend of Lois and she said, uh, <laughs> she, said uh, she said I could tell how you talk and it's, and it's interesting I think the longer I'm in some sort of spiritual program it's like my whole being and how I talk and how I you know use my hands and walk and all of that I think hopefully get more and more in line with spiritual principles and I I hear that in you and I see that in you and I guess the question is would you say kind of you're grateful for the journey that led you here um, actually yes more than yes but I, I love the the theme of your your show just say yes to spirit so so yes um, I'll expand on that by saying um, one of my two of my favorite sayings in life which have totally different reasons, uh, different you know reasons for them being my favorite sayings now than than when they originally were my favorite sayings is um, bad can be good and life's a trip. Enjoy the journey. Both of those <laughs> um, had totally different meanings back when I was you know out there, way out there, using and living you know a, a, a different lifestyle. And um, totally being a, a different person than I um, am being, you know, these days. 
Um, but I do today, and for some time now, believe that spirit does work all things for good. And I cannot tell you how many bad, quote-unquote bad, <clears throat> you know, so-called bad things have happened in my life that turned out to be, um, you know, for, for good. And, and I'll, I'll share along this line of great gratitude here, one of them being addiction. Um, it, I am so grateful to be on this spiritual path to, to, to know the truth. To, uh, you know, every day in my prayer and meditation, I am grateful um, for knowledge of the spiritual truth, the truth that sets me free. And that, that is something I actually, you know, think and, and, and say to myself every day. <clears throat> but for, for me to have gotten to, to this place, <clears throat> which by I have no means mastered or anything like that. Um, one more time, like the trip, enjoy the journey. Um, it, it 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 took, um, you know, it, it took that, that that bad. And I am great if you want to call addiction bad, okay. And you know, most people just kind of think of it that way. I, I surely did. But that is what it took for me. Now, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I don't wish that on anybody else, okay. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's what it took for me, and and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I can see that now. Um, I can, and I'm truly, truly, truly grateful. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't even change that. Um, you know, if if it, because I don't know that I would have found the truth with a capital T. Um, had I not had to go through all that, and in going through that, there's there's a whole whole another you know scenario we can talk about as far as the opportunities for good. I mean, you know, good to good to, to be of service and, and and do for others and help others and all, all that through it. But but this life is a trip. Enjoy the journey. Phrase. Um, of course, you know when I originally liked it, I was tripping. <laughs> different kind of trip. I'm tripping now too, but it's, <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a, it's a natural um, trip. It's a high trip. That's a journey, you know, and, and it is about being in the moment, which is easier said than done also, but that is something that I strive for, and that is to be present, to be right here, right now, which is something you learn about in, in recovery, but then you really take it to another level when, um, you know, you, you know this truth that sets you free, this spiritual truth. Um, you know, it's so easy for this false self to take us out of the the um, joy of of every moment. You know, because when we get ourselves out of the way, then the real self you know, is what is. And all there is, is the is. The is, is it. <laughs> There's a metaphysical truth for you that is, is all is, right? Yeah, and so it is. <laughs> so it is. And, and it capital is. I, capital I is, capital I it. <laughs> so. Right, right. And, and it is, we are in a choice, we are in a state of freedom to choose 
at any moment how, you know, well, let me rephrase that. Um, once we know what we know, we are in that place of, of freedom to choose. And, um, again, just to reiterate, that's why I think it's so important to talk about these kinds of things is to give people the education, the information, the knowledge that there is freedom along the way. Um, you were good to point out, I'm, Tracy always helps me with that. I, I tend to use some little acronyms about Dallas and think everybody must be right here and know what I, what I mean when I say CSL, but thank you for pointing that out, that it's the Center for Spiritual Living. And I am interested um, on July 4th, Freedom Day, Reverend mm -hmm. uh, her talk um, was all about freedom, and I would encourage people, if you're listening, to go to the Center for Spiritual Living website, and you can download the different talks. And Reverend Petra, one of the things she talked about on July 4th, uh, she said, uh, uh, we can make our circumstance anything we want. This much freedom can be scary and uncomfortable. It is easier to think somebody, some God, has it figured out, and we just have to listen or follow. So radical freedom is sometimes difficult and scary and uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing because I was trying to take notes as she was talking, but... Um, one of the things that I do is I write uh, devotions, and sometimes during the show I read a devotion, and that that little um, snippet of her talk on July 4th about that much freedom can be scary and uncomfortable. It's easier to think somebody else has it figured out. Um, made me think about this other thing that sometimes I, I go into, the... the um, I think you called it the, the, the yeah. big self or the you know the other part of me that sometimes takes over and I and I let it kind of go off into what I call a story and when that when I go off in my story then I kind of lose my freedom to choose and uh, this devotion I wrote last week it's it's actually titled my story it says they hired a different director my friend found out a job I had recently interviewed for was given to someone else. Hanging up the phone, I felt a sting of rejection for about 12 seconds. My immediate feeling after that was gratitude, peace, and joy. I would not have anticipated that reaction. Suddenly I realized I was not telling myself some story about that information. I was not connecting the information to my self-worth or my ability to find job or my success or overall well-being. That is exactly what I have done in the past. If I did not get a job or get what I think I wanted, I was certain there was something wrong with me, and it was a reflection of my worth. Today I experienced the truth of it without the story, and the truth was difficult for about 12 seconds. I realized it's the story that creates days, weeks, and months of pain. I have a hunch God does not create stories, but exists purely in truth. I saw today when I give up my story, I can quickly reclaim my joy and live in the truth that I am truly. Isn't that interesting? I mean, do you get that? To get in touch with how radically free we are and how we don't have to have a story and we can, you know, lose a job or lose a relationship or lose something precious to us and we're so radically free that we can just be in a state of joy. Moment, I, seconds later. 
Oh, I, I definitely, definitely do. I'm, I, and I'm speaking from experience. Um, as a matter of fact, that, that would be a perfect example of, of you know, that little phrase or story I tell about. I think that ego is the worst known disease to man. He is, always has been and always will be. And, of course, that, that ego I'm referring to, the unhealthy ego or, or what really is the, the false self. That's, that's the, the, it's all about me. Uh, you know, uh, in your particular example, the person that didn't get the job, and if if um, they felt like they didn't get the job because they weren't good enough, um, you know, that's that's not the the truth. That's not the truth of that person's being. God doesn't, spirit doesn't, you know, make mistakes. Everyone's good enough. There's 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 not any not good enough in spirit. So yeah, that that's uh, a perfect example. And um, and as we talk about the freedom to choose, and I'm wondering now, you know, as I look back over my life and all the different times that I chose to stay in fear, chose to stay in the story, uh, you know. Um, walked away from the idea of radical freedom and, you know, decided, oh, no, you know, um, it just must not be my time and, you know, God must have a different plan for me, <laughs> you know, nothing good's going to come to me now. Um, and I don't know psychologically if this is too much to go into or dive into, but, you know, why on earth would we choose not to have that freedom? Why on earth would we choose to live outside of the, of the joy and the love and the you know the big it that um, that uh, that is the option for us and I always ask myself that question and I think I always come kind of up with the same answer that it's for me has always been familiarity and and comfortableness and um, something else that I'm looking at in my notes in that talk from Reverend Peter she said she referenced someone talking about having an addiction to certainty and it's almost like I, I have chosen my same old, same old, because at least I'm certain of that. At least I am familiar with that. At least that's a comfortable place to really just go out there into the world completely free. My goodness, you know, what's that about? How can I, how can I do that? Oh, I, I think that's a, that's a great, great, great point, because the thought I'm having Regarding what you're talking about is is uh, or the thought that's coming to me is you know we, we only know what we know, uh, you know from a secular world standpoint and we don't know what we don't know and let me tell you those two truths truth of the small t um, have gotten me in a lot of trouble or have taken me down the wrong path many a time in my life um, you know. There's these concepts out there that I'm not all that familiar with, balance and moderation and all that. Um, a, lot, a lot of people like to use the word normal. I'm not a big fan of that either. <laughs> but you know, when when you when, in, in this world, dysfunctional today, dysfunctional for some time now, dysfunctional is the is is the norm. Okay, the, the question is how dysfunctional. You know, as far as being brought up in, in in today's world and society and families and all that sort of how how dysfunctional is it? Is it, is it a, a normal level of dysfunction? Is it an extreme level of dysfunction or whatever? And basically what that is is extremes. 
and extremes don't work. And, and I know this because I truly am an extremist. And, you know, so you've got to, I mean, I think you can, extreme can be a good thing. If it's, but anyways, as far as, okay, I, I, this in my life, I do not want to repeat. So, but it's all I know, right? So I go to the other extreme, I do exactly the opposite. Well, you know what, there's, there's this area in between that, you know, is, is where life happens. Okay. <laughs> one, one extreme or the other <laughs> doesn't work. You know, it doesn't matter which extreme it is, but extremes don't work. You know, that, that's, uh, addiction is a great example of, of extreme, you know. So, so, uh, you know, and that area in between is real, you know. And this, this, um, you know, when I speak of real and real self, I'm speaking of the spiritual self. You know, that's the part that, that, um, I don't know, for me, my experience, you know, it just wasn't part of my socialization process. I won't go into to my whole, whole life or anything, but, you know, I did, long story short, have a mother who, uh, when my parents, you know, got divorced, and, and she thought the good and right thing to do was to send us off to, to Catholic Church, even though the Catholic Church had kicked us out because, you know, they had gotten divorced, and back in that day and time, I don't know if this case anymore or not, if you got divorced, you were kicked out of the church, you know. So us kids had to go to this church that the family, the, my parents couldn't go to because they were divorced. You know, it's, it was just too much of a contradiction um, for their, as a, as a kid, to, to feel peace and love and joy. You know, that, that, that just wasn't happening uh, for me then. So my socialization process was not, um, you know, really a spiritual path, even though there were good intentions. And I, and I differentiate between spirituality and religion. That's just me. Yeah, I'm not saying that religion is bad, but there's plenty of people that are religious that just aren't spiritual. You know, in my definitions of religious and spiritual, probably shouldn't be talking about stuff like that on the air. But anyways, that's... You can say anything you want. You're allowed. You're free. Say anything you want. Yeah, I am me. <laughs> good point and I think looking at some some more of what we consider more traditional I, I don't know where we come up with these terms that new thought and traditional religion and different things but you know some even new thought churches and some you know older religions of uh, yesteryear take away that freedom they want to have the path drawn out and and you know you go from A to B to C and you get to go to heaven and I think that that Taking away someone's freedom on a on a very superficial level feels free. You know, it's kind of like okay, now I don't have to worry. I just have to do what the minister or the priest or somebody ahead of me tells me what to do. Then I, you know, then I I just walk that path and then I get to get get what I want. And ultimately, what that does is take away the freedom, take away the choice, and Initially, I think, again, I think initially that seems easier, but ultimately it's so much more constrictive. And the freedom, even though initially is so much more scary, and my hunch is, you know, your your mom maybe didn't even understand she had the freedom 
to send you off somewhere else to do something else. She probably thought, well, you know, I'm screwed. The most I can do is try to help my kids not be screwed, right? If she really believes exactly, that. yeah. So, um, so her lack of understanding her own freedom kind of puts you into this box that, uh, you know, then for whatever reason, your life experience and and your inner truth called out to you. And I, I really believe we all have that little tiny still voice. And it's it's interesting to me to watch different people go to great lengths to, you know, shut it down and shut it up and, and to block any uh, choice or freedom that we have. Um, and, I, and in my experience, anyway, uh, universe, truth, love, light is so strong and wants the highest good for me so much that it will really send all sorts of opportunities for me. And the opportunities will get louder and louder and stronger and stronger until I can be like, okay, I get it. I, I do have freedom. I do have choice. This is about what I'm doing inside my mind, my thought, my my own personal universe inside my head. Yeah, and I'd like to just add in there that I, um, you know, that that was my path, and that was all part of my path, and, and I am thankful for it. You know, um, it was part of, what got me to 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 where I am now to to you know where I, I, I a path I've been on for you know some some time now and it just took all of that for this to be um, I, I uh, you know one of my I like these little little phrases and acronyms that just when when my thinking when my stinking thinking starts happening I. I just kind of try to remind myself of, with a quick little phrase, you know, change my thinking um, to get it back on track again. And, you know, one of the things I will say to myself is everything, you know, when I start feeling any negative feelings about the past, um, I'll remind myself everything that has happened has had to have happened for me to be here now. And, you know, that gives, allows me to have a, a paradigm shift regarding, you know, whatever it is I might have perceived as, as negative. I love that you're using the term radical freedom. Um, you know, I, I, I like the um, concept of radical forgiveness. I, I consider forgiveness love in action. Um, it's, it's been the area that's uh, been the greatest challenge for me through recovery and, and this path of spiritual forgiveness and all that, and, and in particular forgiving myself. <laughs> uh, somehow it's easier to forgive others than, my, than myself. But, but anyways, this, this radical forgiveness is the same concept of every single um, event that has, has happened, circumstance, person, whatever, you know, I have a choice as to how I can, can view that. And from a radical forgiveness standpoint, which radical forgiveness, you know, equals radical forget, uh, freedom, okay? Um, that, that these situations, circumstances, experience, people, whatever, you know, were a part of this process of growth, you know? It, it, their spirit is working all things for good for Dan. And, um, I've got a, a friend, I'm trying to remember how she puts this, but uh, 
something along the lines of, of uh, you know, spirit is conceiving is, uh, what's that word? I'm forgetting what it is. But anyways, you know, um, conspiring. It, conspiring, conspiring for my good. <laughs> it's all a conspiracy. <laughs> Thank you for. Yeah, because I've heard that before, and I, I really believe that, and it's so fascinating to really step into that. If I step into the absolute truth that the universe, love, God, good is conspiring for me, the dice are loaded in my favor, then, you know, I am, I am left understanding that if I look around and things aren't all that I want them to be, you know, it's me that's working against me. And it's me that's making the choices, directing my path in a different manifestation than than the all-good conspiracy for me to have everything that I want, need, desire, hope, dream. And, um, and again, putting myself back into that state of choice. Um, it's just such, a, it's such an important reminder. And we talk a lot about... Uh, daily practices we try to always share daily practices of how we keep our spiritual program running and, and keep ourselves saying yes to spirit and Tracy and I it's interesting to, to to look at that each week and to kind of talk about different ones I wonder do you have a spiritual practice that you do daily or weekly or monthly or you know moment to moment that you can share that has been useful to you in reminding yourself to say yes to spirit? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, I, I'm, I try on a daily basis, um, and, and when I do, by the way, it's amazing how much better I'm able to perceive life <laughs> um, on a daily basis to, to uh, start my day off with, with meditation. I like to uh, meditate between... Uh, 20 and 44 minutes a day. For some reason, 44 is a... Did you say 44? That's good. That's yeah. Good. Well, it, it's interesting. You know, 44 is a spiritually significant number for me, and I, I won't go into that right now. But, but um, how often when I come out of meditation, it turns out I've meditated for 44 minutes. It's just like... Wow. <laughs> really, now that's not always the case, but, but I do like to try to meditate for 20 minutes, and but if if that can't happen, I, you know, five minutes, ten minutes, any, anything at all. Just the fact that I've intended, uh, had an intention to to start my day off with meditation, and then, and like I said, that that varies from day to day depending on, I guess, where I'm at. Um, and but then I, I what I really um, like to concrete solidify my spiritual practices with is is my uh, my favorite book. Um, I was going to say my new favorite book, but it's really not that new to me anymore. I've got it in my hand right now, and, and I realized I've gone, been doing this for over a year now. Is uh, Ernest Holmes has a, a book called 365 Science of Mind, and what it is is a, a daily um, a year of daily wisdom from Ernest Holmes, daily meditational readings. You know, just one page little little uh, readings. And uh, and I also have a, uh, a uh, 12-step book, um, 24 Hours a Day by Hazelden, that is a daily meditation book. Anyways, I kind of spend some time every morning um, with with those two 
two books, and that's how I like to start my days. I have all sorts of other spiritual practices as far as, you know, the Center of Spiritual Living Dallas or, or whatever uh, on a weekly basis. Um, I try to do group meditation at least once a once a week, uh, and there's the Dallas Meditation Center. And anyways, I belong to just meditation groups. But but my spiritual practices, I would say more than anything, are around three things: um, prayer and meditation. Well, I guess two things. I, I if you want to call that one or two things: prayer and meditation. Um, I guess there's two things. One is talking to spirit, and the other is listening to spirit. <laughs> And, and then the other thing is just on a daily basis, um, you know, if possible, from moment to moment, just trying to remember that, uh, you know, life is about being love. And, and I'm not talking about Eros love, sexual romantic love. I'm talking about, you know, real love, spiritual love. You know, being um, spirit expressing, being that love that spirit is trying to see um, myself and others as spiritual beings having a human experience. And, and I, I call that being love. So, and that can happen, you know, anywhere, anytime, in, in any way. You know, whether it's the clerk of the grocery store or, or, you know, my best best friend, you know. So, anyways, that, that's my, I guess, core spiritual practices. Yeah, and I love, love, love that, that you say, you know, whether it's a clerk at the store or your best friend, that there's an equal amount of joy and love that you share with that. You don't um, discriminate on relationship. You know, I think a lot of times we think, well, you know, I, I don't really know this person that well. I shouldn't step into their life or share my thoughts or my feelings or my love. You know, I should wait. And um, But to really just be an open conduit for love to flow through and then you know as it flows through it becomes more and more and then it just is you um i think is a powerful thing and, and through that daily practice um you said and i love that as well that you talked about you know prayer your your uh prayer and meditation one you're listening to god and one you're talking to god and and having that conversation i I have a constant uh, spiritual conversation going on in my head. Over the years, I've had so many different kind of conversations. Now I'm proud to report that it's mostly spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right with you. I hear you. <laughs> much more mature and uh, much more friendly in my head than they uh, than they once were. And Better neighborhood than it used to be, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm on the right side of the of the tracks now in my mind. I. Uh, it's been such a journey for me, but again, the freedom to choose how you start your day—that um, is amazing. And I, I did this again talking about this little talk I did uh, Saturday. It was to a group of case managers that work in a hospital, so there's nothing spiritual about the audience um, talking about. I was talking about motivation, and and one of the things that I always like to do and. Uh, group settings is to give people something to take away. Uh, I think it's uh, so interesting that we, we think we can have these talks on peace or spirituality or motivation or stress relief or mental health or whatever the talk is, and we think, okay, in this hour talk, you know, I'm going to really change somebody's life. Well, no, not really. You know, it's going to be up to them on what they do 
after this talk is done. So trying to leave people with something that they can do, I always give out rocks, little tiny pebbles. And and I, uh, it's funny to watch people's reaction, but it, it, it's usually positive. I'll say usually positive. But I do a little bit of a meditation with them and, and have them put something positive that they want to choose to do into that little pebble. And uh, and I encourage them and I remind them that we have everything we need inside our own minds. We have the memories of, of the things that we need to, to know and the truth exists for all of us. All we need is the reminder. And this rock can go out and be the reminder. And if they put it in their pocket or tape it to their ruby mirror or put it in their uh, makeup, you know, makeup uh, container on their uh, sink by their bathroom, but somehow put it where it can remind them of, of what they learned or what they know. And this little gal that I, I actually didn't remember, but she came up to me afterwards and she said she'd been to one of my talks several months ago and that she had had her rot. And she was talking about how this little pebble had manifested into a daily practice for her of looking at the rock and being reminded of what she knew and the experience of her own truth. And um, it was such a high for me to realize, you know, it really is just that simple to be reminded of what we know and to do that daily and to do that over and over again. There's really no kind of, you know, loud aha that has to be heard. It's, it's really as simple as having a morning meditation book, having a morning meditation time. And committing to it is also another funny thing to watch. I, I watch this all the time, and as a therapist and as a human being, I do this. You know, once things start going well for me, and I, you know, I've got a path and a routine down, and I'm feeling better, then I just stop. <laughs> just stop. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it's working. Okay, so I'm gonna stop doing it now. <laughs> Isn't that great? You know? Yeah, I totally understand that. <laughs> okay, I'm fixed. I'm cured. <laughs> like I can, st- I can stop doing what got me here. <laughs> No, I, I love what you're sharing there, um, and I sum it up into another one of my little little phrases, and that is just to remember that life is consciousness. You know, and, and to me, the, the consciousness, the state of consciousness, you know, change your thinking, change your life. Okay, um, it's uh, and and that's a, of course that's a new thought thing. Um, as well, I'm not taking credit for it. In other words, as a matter of fact, I don't even refer to new thought as new thought. I think of new thought as new thought slash ancient wisdom. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. But this this concept that that uh, you're speaking of to me is life is consciousness. I have two stones. I'm happy to report. One's a white stone, and one's a a dark stone, both of which, uh, each of which I received uh, through a spiritual ritual service, two different services, one of which you put a new name on, and, and the other referring to going through the going through the dark night of the souls, you know. Um, but anyways, and they're on my they're on my dresser. I, I am daily reminded when I look at those stones that life is a state of Life is consciousness. Uh, I, I very, very, very much believe that. Um, if I, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? If I look backwards on my life, and in particular the last decade or two, I can see that the changes that have taken place um, in my life, and by no means is my life perfect, life is still happening, but, you know, my attitude, um, 
towards life is totally different than it was. Stuff that used to just rock my world, you know, that I would have to drink and drug over, um, you know, are, are no big deal anymore. I mean, they just are. It's, 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 you know, a difference in consciousness. It's, you know, it's a paradigm shift. It's whatever verbiage you want to, want to use. So anyways, um, I'm in total agreement. And I do have, uh, you know, regarding these pebbles that you were talking about, I would encourage people to put that in their pocket. I have, yeah. um, I have some things in my pocket and I mean more than one different things that have symbolic, you know, I'm kind of big on the symbology or metaphysical um, meanings of things in my pocket. And, you know, guys have always got change in their pockets. And so whenever you pull the change out, well, guess what else comes out of your pocket? You know, these, the pebble or whatever it is that's significant, has some significant meaning to you. And it reminds you of, you know, whatever truth it is that that you um, have given to this pebble or or whatever other significant thing is, is in your pocket. I, I, I love that. I love that. That's a great thing. Yeah, and it and it is a you know it, it's an interesting thing that we can easily do and easily uh, participate in, and, and we um, we're free to do it. You know, we're free to do it. It's easy to do. And it is what frees us. That that consciousness, that change state of consciousness, um, that's where the the freedom freedom lies. I'm I'm reading a. a Great book right now. Um, actually, I got it from Tracy Brown. Um, Freedom from the Ties That Bind um, by Guy Finley. The Secret of Self-Liberation is really about spiritual liberation. Um, you know, and, and it's, you know, what we've been talking about today. You know, the, the, the freedom's in the, in the consciousness. Yeah, but I'm going to steal that word too. You say, say it to me again. We have a choice to live in consciousness. Say, say your your word again. Your little catchphrase. Something like life is life is a state of consciousness. Is a state of consciousness. Or life is consciousness. Life is consciousness, which then kind of does remind me that you know life is consciousness. Whether I'm conscious, how I take that is whether I'm conscious or not. You know again. You know, Dan, I have a little computer screen in front of me that talks to me through the time, and it's uh, now flashing one minute remaining. Can you imagine? Oh. A whole hour. Does it feel like an hour to you, Dan? Does it feel like an hour? No, it doesn't even feel like 44 minutes. (laughs) Four minutes, and I want to hear that story off air about 44 minutes, but I really want to thank you for talking about freedom and uh, talking about your daily practices. Do you have a, a little final thought for us? Oh, um, be love. Be love. And don't be afraid to hug. I'm going to I'm gonna leave on that note with Dan being such a good hugger. I think, uh, you know, freedom to have physical touch and to, and to be a part of each other's life, share that uh, physical love is an important thing to, to reach out and touch somebody, let them know you love them today. So thanks for sharing your thoughts, Dan. Thanks for listening. And uh, Tracy and I'll be back next week, and we'll have a great week. You too. Thank you.